0: Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious 3 day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket on this weekend that I've I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything but when we conceived of building this place our home down here It's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. And besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. Oh, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mother Her Code. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of Mother Her rewriting the mother code podcast. I'm thrilled, excited. I loved, loved, loved the time I just got to spend with Kirby Miller of Kanini Kitchen. What a beautiful human. And I think I maybe have said this before, but particularly when I'm interviewing somebody on a podcast that I don't already know and know a lot about and that we get to discover each other in the podcast. And we got to do that today. She lives in Nashville. I wish she lived in Chicago, but she's a reason I would want to go to Nashville. Her work with food is beautiful, but she doesn't just cook and provide food. She provides an experience and a coming together around food that unifies us, that you know brings our commonalities together. You know, how do we create an experience around food that is meaningful? We share a little bit about that, but really, her journey currently, you know, as a woman, as a business owner, as a successful business owner, but also mothering her relationship with her mother through a traumatic accident and everything that's come out of that is so poignant and beautiful and inspiring. So in sync with rewrite the mother code. And we've had many, many times of sharing goosebump moments through this episode. So I feel inspired, moved and touched. And I believe you will also. So enjoy the episode. Well, welcome to today's episode of Rewrite the Mother Code podcast, and I'm super excited to have Kirby Miller. Thank you for coming, Kirby. Thank Thank you for having me. Kirby's the founder of Kanimi Kitchen and cooking, baking, it's all been an integral part of her life since childhood. I'm sure we're going to hear more about this, some of her fondest memories being in the kitchen. So she has an amazing business, lives in Tennessee, and all sorts of really wonderful things. If you don't mind, I'd love for my listeners to hear about you. You know, tell us about Kanimi and how that came into being and just. You know, we'll probably go backwards, forwards all over the place from there. But we'll we'll use that as a starting point.
1: Awesome. And I love a good zigzag because that's just how life is. Nothing is linear. I think it's very feminine, right? Like it's absolutely well, sometimes
0: linear is good and the masculine. But I think that feminine brain kind of
1: leaves mm-hmm. itself around and it all it all comes out. It does all come out and it's still comprehensive in nature. Sometimes we're led to believe that if you're not just strict and to the point that you're leaving something out. Uh, but I actually have an opposite opinion of that. So thank you for asking <laughs> about Kanimi Kitchen. And it's a project that I launched about four years ago in a more formal structure. But the seeds of Kanimi Kitchen go back as far as I can remember. So I was always kind of this dual interest type of person. Um, my family used to describe it kind of like you have two different ways in one body. I was always highly analytical, fascinated by science, reading the textbook of my sister who was 10 years older than me. And then I would go take the new TV box and paint it and turn it into a castle. There was always (laughs) just this duality of spirit. And very early on, I had an affinity toward just creating, getting in the kitchen and creating. And that was a unique time and intersection where my mother, who to the outside world, that was a superhero and homicide detective solution. Everyone came to her for solutions. That was actually a spot where she softened a bit. Not completely, <laughs> but softened a bit. And that was time that we could spend together where everything didn't have to be as urgent, as perfect. And I really cherished that time because beyond kind of those borders, it was a bit more chaotic. So that's when my love for food in and- my acknowledgement of, wow, this really brings people together starting. And I like to say I was always an entrepreneurial person. I may have been the only fourth grader in my neighborhood that people in the community and church were buying their holiday desserts from. (laughs) So, like, I just love that I can come up with this idea, I can get in the kitchen, I can make it taste really good and people enjoy it and it brings them together and then they come back again and it gives them a place to start conversation. So fast forward a bit and my scientific interest kind of took the forefront and a lot of that was at the guidance of my mother Mm -hmm. who was just like, you know, be the doctor first. And then it can pay for your hobbies, right? So uh, that's just the programming that was handed down. And so I pursued degrees in biology, chemistry, and healthcare informatics, and I love that part of my my life. But all the while in college, I held four jobs. But then in my dorm room, I had the George Foreman, I had a griddle, and I would like host these like food experiences with these appliances we weren't supposed to have. <laughs> And so all the while, while sitting in the lab for hours, I still had these type of culinary aspirations and this just affinity toward connection. And then as I really built my career in healthcare, I was still making custom cakes for people and planning events and cooking for them. And when it got to the point where I graduated with my master's and I kind of felt like that's what this was, this big thing that everybody was like, Oh, you have to do this. I was like, this is good, but there's still more. Mm -hmm. And there was one morning at three o'clock in the morning that I was just sitting there thinking, okay, if I never give this other part of me a real chance? If I never let it out of the corner, will I be satisfied? And the answer was absolutely not. So that's where Community Kitchen was actually born into the world in a more formal sense. And the name, a lot of people are like, does that have like an Asian inspiration? I'd like to say it was that fancy, but really <laughs> <laughs> it was my way of sharing a little piece of me with the brand without it being Kirby's Kitchen. So Kanemi is simply the first two letters of my first middle and last name. Thought it was kind of cool. They all had an I in them. Yeah. So that's Kirby Nicole Miller. And that's when Kanemi Kitchen was born. But happy accidents, right? Those, those things that happen when you realize, whoa there was a bigger plan to this than I could imagine in the moment. About 18 months after launching Panema Kitchen, I was at a pop-up of it in Nashville and meeting people and connecting. And I had always had just this knack for connecting across the spectrum, regardless of age, color, background, shape, size. I can just connect with people. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this woman who just kept eyeballing me from across the room. And I was like, what is the problem? Does she hate tasty food and laughter? Like, what's up? She eventually made her way over to me and she said the name. Where did you get it? And I explained to her the same thing. I just explained to you. Right. And she said, Do you even know what it means? And you know how you just have that moment of knowing and you know it's time to be quiet and listen. I just and like she said, Yeah, well, that's to yeah. welcome to how I felt in that moment. And she said, in my native tongue, Kanimi means who am I? That was that happy accident. That in that moment at three o'clock in the morning where I was like, okay, I don't want to be too egotistical because, you know, we're taught that growing up, like, don't be too much you, but be the best. Weird. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be too egotistical to be Kirby Kitchen. And there was this, okay, I want it to be this combination of me. Kanimi, you know, is what came right. But then you fast forward to the bigger picture because the the why behind establishing the brand was I want to invite people into experiences where we can remember that we're more alike than we are different. Yeah. That we can remember that even if you feel less than or even if You haven't accomplished what you needed to, or you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, when you smell caramelizing onions, oh my gosh, that wakes up something in me. And that gives you a place to start a conversation with a stranger. And then that leads you to meaningful connection. And I emphasize meaningful because having the background that I have, I've had the opportunity to be in a lot of different rooms. But we all come down to the same core ingredients, pun completely intended. <laughs> that we just want that connection. We crave that attention and not attention in a negative way, but we crave to be seen and known. And food invites us into that experience. So that's a pretty lengthy <laughs> way not to tell all. you a little bit about me and, and the why behind the brand. Oh, that's that's so
0: beautiful. And I, so much was going through well my mind and my heart. I think I got goosebumps several times as you shared, Hervey, because. I think these things happen probably even more so than we think, but not till we tune in, you know, that's to right. them, and then they have that much more meaning, right? right. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. What a coincidence! Hmm. Oh, that's yeah. nice. But mm-hmm. when we let them permeate us, and, yes, and come inside, I, I just think that's so beautiful. And yes, and that, I was also thinking about your science background. You know, it's all alchemy, right? It's the mixing <laughs> of ingredients, and this, yes, like, I don't know. I'm I'm really in this feminine space lately. Of not that alchemy is. Magic, masculine or feminine, but I kind of think it is yeah. more feminine, the scene the yeah. and it just evokes. And I don't know, I'm just maybe more in it. I was on a spiritual pilgrimage last week and we were with In the, the theme of it. We actually didn't travel anywhere. We did this from our living room, my boss and founder of the Right Foundation. She led it and it was a journey with the mystics, right? Ooh. So we spent a week going Just as you were saying, like food brings, you know, we can let go of all the differences and, you know, kind of drop all that. We looked at, you know, mysticism and kind of that, just what we're talking about, that, you know, when you allow those like kind of sparks, those glimmers, Mm -hmm. those like quick moments, the, there is something actually even brain related that signals us that something unique just happened. So we we kind of covered the gamut: Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Mm -hmm but kind of the, the mystical aspects of them. So I'm just sitting here with you. I feel so this like is I'm, fresh. You're in it. I'm in it. And I'm, I feel like we're, we're just having that experience. So
1: I wanted to name that and, and bring it forward. 100%. And, and thank you for sharing that because now it, it creates a more safe space And and I won't, linger on this too long, but I'm going to lead into the fact that this isn't just a happy accident. So I actually just returned to the United States from Italy, Mm -hmm. which when maybe we have time and space to connect offline, I can tell you the full story, but I didn't think I was supposed to be there this year because given everything that's going on, but the author that I love uh, who invited me to host one of my culinary experiences during the retreat and just be a part of it, was pretty insistent that she had a knowing that I was supposed to be there. So I went and this is such the cliff notes version, but there's a, there's a tie here. So alchemy is one of my words. It's something that I use. It's something I resonate on It's it's So the fact that you brought it up is amazing. Well, I get there to the retreat space, which is in the middle of nowhere in Tuscany for a person who's been conditioned to be a control freak. I'm like, Whoa, so we can't get out of here. if We need to, but it was, it was really a beautiful thing. I was assigned to one room. Then this woman, she was like, no, I think I want you to be my roommate. I was like, listen, I'm jet lagged. Let's do it. Move my stuff. Well, it turns out that she is an insanely talented massage therapist and intuitive. Okay. Oh. And I lean into these kind of things because I believe those happy accidents actually remind us that we're guided by something bigger than us. And that provides me comfort. Well, she hands me this bottle. She had made a unique blend of essential oils for each woman who was on the retreat. She hands me the bottle with my name on it that has a note, but then everyone got a word at the end of their tag. So it says Kirby has these beautiful words and at the end it says alchemy.
0: Oh my God, now I have like full body goosebumps, not just partial. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March 2024, and I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather if that's the space that you're in and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico... Neho, meaning land of the goddess women and coming to really take time for yourself okay and that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish it's essential and I really want you to take it seriously to consider you know just think about what would it take for me to go it's a five and a half day retreat Getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat
1: and so i i wow. hear you. I'm really just like soaking in these moments and realizing that it's not on mistake and you're right on time and on purpose so thank you for sharing your story and i love being in a space where you can talk about science and facts And things that also people think are woo, but you're like, you know, they're actually kind of integrated. Can't tease them out. So thank you for providing a safe space.
0: Totally. And that's, you know, what was striking me so much about your story, right? And one of the mystics we met or were, you know, met quote unquote, he's Mm -hmm. in the 1500s or something. I don't know. 1700s. His last name is Swedenborg. And He was just this full out like scientist, you know, for most of his life, you know, really dedicated Mm -hmm. to, but you know, a really fine mind um, in his science expertise until he started suddenly having visions and experiences and, you know, really when you then go to read his writings and stuff like basically felt like he stepped into like the afterlife, you know, heaven, mm-hmm. hell. And- mm-hmm. But this is a scientist, right? A like, scientist. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but he went with it. He decided, yeah. you know, I'm not going to fight this. And I don't know. I think there's, it's just showing when our left brain and right brain work in synergy, you know, and we're not fighting them. we thinking one yes. is better than the other. We're focused. Right. We're, you know, our culture is very left brain oriented, like we were mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. and you and then we get wired like well of course you you know go to school get that that right. master's degree is what's gonna make you a person right mm-hmm. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know the ultimate it's like
1: well okay that was yeah you
0: know, a journey and something i've accomplished but uh-huh but yeah, hmm. this gnawing is still here imagine that then you follow and you followed judith who i just mentioned uh dr judith right her whole model of transformation is called evolating. And a key component mm-hmm. is your yearnings, following your mm-hmm. those deeper yearnings as you know, universal hungers. Yes. Which, which I love like tying to food, right? Like it, yes, you know, you know, it's all it's all kind of the same. These places where we that is. there isn't, you know, such a divide, but our deeper yearnings like to matter, to make a difference. Yes. And and you know, those, oh, you know, you don't get a degree in that, but that's you don't. Where, that's where we're gonna find fulfillment. That's right.
1: I- Little online certificate for Being a good human, making an impact and mattering. Sorry, there's no certificate for that. It transcends time, it transcends status, Mm -hmm. title, race, color, actually having enduring meaning is the wrapper for all of that. But how much time do we spend talking about? Oh. And
0: I think that's what you're doing, you know, through your medium of food to bring people together and, Mm -hmm. and create a space. And I know that some of this was informed as you mentioned with your relationship with your mom and Mm -hmm. and the food do you want to share a little bit about that kind of historically and then current i just assume it all ties together
1: yeah it all does there's always a bridge and a connection to everything if we're really open to being integrated like i said those moments where my mom was softer and more human and accepting were something that i craved and cherished my mom, as I alluded to earlier, was a little bit of a hard personality. Mm-hmm. She came from an extremely abusive and poverty ridden childhood. And a lot of that trauma was unresolved, but it informed the way she showed up in the world with excellence and vigor and very black and white and discreet. And then she was led into a career of being a homicide detective. So that's within itself, has repeated trauma and issues. And then through a litany of other things that happened, she just navigated the world as an unhealed person internally, but poured so much outward. And what that led to was a disconnect where from the outside looking in, we had the biggest house in the neighborhood. Our house was impeccably decorated, always smelled good. We had the best food, all the things. But internally, it was chaotic, devoid of just being able to. Yeah. It felt as though and was very real that every interaction was kind of just a revalidation of worth. And if not this Than a very severe kind of um, payment for it. And that took on a variety of different forms that, you know, when you grow up, you learn could be filed under abuse. And that was hard because you didn't really have a space where you felt like you could talk about these kind of things because people would be like, oh, you have this, you have that. And then when you have this mother figure that's revered externally and that you want to love and you love in these moments, but also you fear and that has informed you that if you don't do this, then here's the, the response. Because I know that your audience navigates complex things. I wouldn't share this on every podcast that I'm yeah. on, but there were multiple occasions where if you did X, I will take my gun out and kill you myself. That's not a very motherly or feminine thing to to say or embody and when someone has very extreme reactions to things and as a child you almost believe that that would be true 100%. right yeah a kid, and you don't so have that filter. you don't have that filter and uh, so then that also leads you to not being open <laughs> to trying new things where you could potentially fail that leads you to leading with excellence no matter what being unrelenting in nature all of these things because what you've been taught is if you don't stay within this line, if you tiptoe out here, that sudden death and in some terms was felt very literal. Well, you mash that up with a person who's naturally curious and artistic and creative. I learned very early on to abandon those parts of me and really embody the parts that were excellent, set the curve in the class, do all of these things. And I carried that with me through adulthood. We, we had a relationship that we from again externally would be like, oh my gosh, your mother is doing all of this. Mm-hmm. But I made a decision at 10 years old when my father died unexpectedly, who was my safer place. Yeah. That as soon as I'm able, I will leave this and never come back. And that took me from Michigan to Nashville to attend college. But externally, it looked like, oh, she's you're in a private school. You're doing these things, but what you didn't hear was the conversations behind the scenes. Where if you do this, I will take everything from you, and you'll be left. You'll need. You'll need me before I need you. Just this continuous cycle, right? So then that led to me having those four jobs in college, even though she hated that. That led to me, you know, still being excellent academically. But then you fast forward to. Me learning a bit more autonomy and being able to express myself more fully. And that's where that dovetails to, okay, I'm, I'm doing the corporate thing and, and excelling at that. But then, you know, we're also going to put this culinary brand out into the world that allows people to feel human and connected. And I began to thrive more in that space, feel more like myself where I didn't have to leave science or healthcare, but I, it could be, it was more of an and conversation I kind of was getting my footing in the world. Mm-hmm. As myself, learning that some of those definitions and things that I was handed weren't true, it's kind of like turning the light on when you've lived in years of fear of the busy man. You're like, "Whoa, that's not true!" I have the opportunity to explore new definitions and really be this more whole person. And you know what? It's kind of fulfilling, and other people are drawn to that. So that was my kind of coming out of that. But then about three years ago, I got a phone call that changed everything. My stepfather and mother were in a horrific car accident here in Nashville because she had relocated here. I actually introduced her to my stepdad. That's a whole nother story. <laughs> and with that phone call, I did what you're supposed to do. I did what I was led to do. I was to actually be by their side in the hospital. And that turned into five and a half months of sleeping in a hospital. My mother was in a coma, trait feeding tube, very touch and go with my stepfather. And the very odd part about all of this is they ended up, through me being able to advocate for them at the medical center where I worked. So I spent months sleeping at the bedside, advocating, taking a shower in a hospital room, going across campus to lead meetings for a position that I had just accepted. And people would comment about, I don't know how you're doing this. This is pretty amazing. I had my higher up saying, you know, if people didn't know you personally, they have no idea. What you're going through, like, and it was almost praised and rewarded in mm-hmm. a sense. But I had years of programming to be exactly. able to abandon those feelings. You know what you do with those? You yeah. tuck them and you keep going. You keep doing, right? You keep doing, doing. you keep doing right. Yeah. And all the while there's just a lot internally that's going on. But then after She and my stepfather were able to transition out of an inpatient setting. And for her, that was when they reached the end of their medical capability for her. I ended up moving to the house where she and my stepfather lived to take care of her full time. Mm. So even at the time that we're recording this podcast, I'm still the primary caregiver for my mother. And let me tell you, those are hard moments for any of us, even if you had a healthy relationship with your mother. You don't expect to be bathing, changing diapers, rolling, feeding, putting in a wheelchair, being the in-house everything and being the therapist, being all of these things. But One thing that I know for sure is that adversity never comes without lessons and gifts. And that sounds so trite, you know, people post cute quotes on Instagram, but after you've lived some life, you realize where those things come from. And one of my favorites prior to this was adversity introduces a man or woman to themselves. But through my lived experience, I know that for sure. And it offered me an opportunity to face some of those demons that I had really packed away really well which I thought compartmentalizing was the way to go. But what I've learned is they just go down there and make friends. Yeah. You have to face these things. And so it's it's insane. um, So where we stand right now, I've had the ability with her cognition improving and her language skills improving to have some very hard conversations with her, to have some healing on a level that I don't know if outside of such an extreme condition would have happened. I've been able to tell her that I'm sorry that no one showed up for her earlier and told her that she could put those things down that protected her when she was younger. But I wish that she had. And I've been able to fully express the impact that that's had on me and then share my hopes for where we can go from here, even in the current state that she's in. And that has been a gift. So that's kind of a a high level journey of where I come from in that position of a mother child dynamic and yes. learning to repair it and mother myself, you know, exactly. and really feeling these things and then being put right back into the situation. Like, okay, you've learned these skills, but now what are you going to do with them in this context? Mm-hmm. And so it's been a journey, continues to be a journey.
0: And it will be No, that it's going to, I can tell it's going to keep unfolding, but mm-hmm. I'm well, thank you, first of all, for, you know, opening up and sharing that, that's that's huge. And I'm inspired and admire, you know, you are using that opportunity because, and I'm going to, you know, say that from the perspective of, you know, these traumatic, it's kind of what I talk about in rewriting the mother code, that mothering and all its aspects you ripest for personal transformation in the most chaotic upsetting, like, you know, the time you'd say like, Oh, I can't, I, I can't focus on me now, but mm-hmm. it's the focusing on you that allows you to be in the situation and yeah. the healing, right? Yes. And, and this healing that can happen from there that, you know, our guards are too up. Like, you know, you said the, she had very thick walls, you know, Mm -hmm. and talk about compartmentalizing, you know, had Mm -hmm. and and had decided for so many years, the world wasn't a safe place and had certain ways she was taking care of herself, you know, for you to know that cognitively served her immensely, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it came out of you. I mean, to me, that that's a big definition of mothering yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, this is an opportunity where in this extreme care you are giving of her and extending yourself, you mothered you by Digging in there and and going deep and having those hard conversations. Yeah. Also at a time when you'd say like, oh, she's in such a weak state, I shouldn't, you know, bring up stirring topics or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's mm-hmm. a lot of reasons you could have not done it. Mm-hmm. Thank
1: you. And those are hard things. Um, but then you know, seeing the tears fill her eyes and the conversation as she was, like I said, regaining her ability to speak. The conversations we've had have been powerful and freeing. Like. I don't want to make it sound like, and then there were bunnies and rainbows. There are many times where I had to leave those scenarios and just find that place where you can just cry and not have guardrails on the prime Mm -hmm. and understand, wow, you know, this woke up some other things, but... I am thankful for the opportunity and it's allowed me to learn how to show up more authentically for myself and for her, but it it wasn't easy. So for anyone who's listening to this, if you're even maybe not put into such a dire scenario with someone who maybe wasn't able to show up for you and then they're kind of requiring that of you or you feel as though it's required, it can be challenging. It's like going to an ATM, to an account that's indirect. (laughs) So you can feel like, wow, how can I be kind to you? How can I take the deep breath when you're frustrated with me. How can I alter my schedule to change your diapers and, and still have to have this dignity when it felt like kindness and patience was not honored in it? It's I didn't deserve it right. growing up. you know, How do you do that? But it's through those experiences where you can, for me, I'll, I'll speak for myself, where I could really step back through reading different books and talking to different people and listening to different podcasts see her more as a human and how I fit into her human story versus this, you know, mother that she couldn't be. And that has softened, softened my approach
0: yeah I'm so glad to hear that and you know for both of you and I wonder if you wouldn't mind then if maybe this is something you've been acutely aware of or Mm -hmm. or not but I believe that when we clear those spaces particularly with our parents you know with our primary caregivers the things that you know we couldn't do as a kid and we it was in some cases literally and it certainly felt like life or death to like learn how to compartmentalize and Mm -hmm. like follow the line but then that impacts our other relationships and our other choices and our other decisions do you have a sense that having now like opened this level of space with her, do you see it or do you see the possibility of that? Like, because you have a child or children- yourself?
1: I, I do not actually. Oh, you don't.
0: Okay. I do not. No. Um, but in any of your relationships or in your business, like people close mm-hmm. to you, can you see the ripple effect of that for yourself?
1: I see an undeniable cause and effects relationship. And that's where I stand in awe of a lot of what we're talking about. A lot of the work that you talk about, that it's not just academic and oh that sounds good, but it's literally life-changing. And when you hold on to certain energies and issues and wounds no matter how valid that clinching and holding on is you're literally taking up space for really beautiful and abundant things on this finite journey and for me with that release and realization and giving voice to things that aren't perfect that have jagged edges and clearing that space it's been really fascinating to see and i i kind of pause because i'm this is not like a past tense thing this is like even as late as today yeah (laughs) right now exactly so even that journey to Italy has opened up other doors and that's something that I would have never thought I deserved or worked hard enough for mm. in the past. And that was nourishing on every level, mentally, physically, spiritually, and, you know, business wise, and even in my relationship with my husband. So imagine navigating all of this and you're responsible to be in a relationship with someone else, but it opened up conversations that I had put in a tomb before. I had learned in my my marriage to just navigate and not rock the boat. It was like, okay, we made this decision. It's me. It's you. I'm going to do my thing. You do your thing. And anything that I really would have hopes for that maybe if I gave voice to a little bit, that would cause an upset. Or I always was in this mode of how do I lessen being a burden? All of that opened the door for some extremely challenging Hard conversations. I mean, words that were not unkind but were true, and we've had a, a transformation in our relationship. And that's just one example. Like I said, it's a business wise, relationship wise, and then learning that how you navigate conflict and disappointment, and even more importantly for me, and I won't say more important. I hate ranking things. I hate when people are like, "What's your favorite food?" I'm like, "Why do we have to rank?" Here's what I enjoy today. <laughs> but so I don't like ranking things. Something that's you know equally as important. It's taught me how to navigate joy and wonder and curiosity and that they're essential because I always knew that those were a part of me, but I didn't really spend time there. It's like my glimmers of things where I felt most lit up and it attracted people to me, whether that was academically or in business, was when I visited those things, but then I would pull back to Mm. the the structure. And so what this has taught me is it's all Mm. finite. It ends And you can't live fully without experiencing these things. And you deserve it (laughs) inherently. You're worthy. You deserve it inherently. And so that has been a game changer. Being able to take a deep breath and be like, this is really beautiful and wonderful. And I don't know how I got here without that impending feeling of, but what about these things you didn't do? And you know what? Doom is probably going to show up at your door in 20 minutes. So don't enjoy this too much. Here. Yeah, don't get too happy. <laughs> don't get too happy because yeah. if you're disappointed, you're kind of, the reason you were disappointed because you got so happy. Like that's a trap. That's a Grow prison. that one out in. the window. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So more importantly, I've opened at uh, me, you know, literally, but through this experience, those spaces have opened to feel the real feelings, feel all of them, realize that they, are connected and it's what really makes life beautiful and abundant. That has been the greatest gift during even a time that continues to be really um, soul wrenching sometimes mm-hmm. that, that has been the greatest gift.
0: Well, thank you. And I, I want to underline because I think you said some of these things very um, humbly, you know, in a way, because you reflected out of my question so beautifully, right? Like the possibilities, like what comes when we open up at the, the level you did and when we take that big risk to tell the truths, you know, to the primary caregiver, a mom, a dad, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that. And we don't realize how much they're in the way like to me one of the things like you know if i can do that oh i can have these risky conversations with my husband like i just like you know opened up to the scariest person i ever thought i could open up to yes right and i did it and it and it was beautiful and not Mm -hmm. and i didn't do it to change her or change somebody else i did it because it's for my own integrity what i I needed to do and what i saw an opening for and i took it Mm -hmm. and it was risky Mm -hmm. but then how you reflected you know, oh, and gee, my relationship with my husband is now transformed. We've had transformative conversations. Like that's no small thing, right? Mm-hmm. And with your business and and others, so mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure everybody caught that <laughs> and that's listening because thank you. You know what this is all about, and in rewriting the mother code, yeah. that's when I say, you know, go back and look at our, our wiring from our childhoods and our wounds and and that, so that we can be present in the moment for whatever it is we're mothering now. Right. And yes, um, it is, yes. you know, the awareness is important and that's such a big part of it. But then when you take these steps to actually like clear and dig into it and have like, oh, you know, those, yes. that's when, you know, a whole new space opens. So yes, thank you for yes. sharing that. So, you know, poignantly with everyone. It was really beautiful.
1: Thank you for opening the door to talk about these things. <laughs> yeah,
0: hundred percent. Well, before I ask my final question, sure. I would love for my listeners to know how they can find you, you know, mm-hmm. on online, anywhere, all of your, all of the places that people can, can locate you.
1: Yes. All the opportunities to connect. Mm-hmm. So I would love if people follow along in the world of Instagram, that's where I like to show up and express In so many different ways, and connect and really share in other people's stories. So they can find me on Instagram at Kanini Kitchen. And they can also visit KaniniKitchen.com if they're interested in just learning more. Or if they said, hmm, I would like to navigate... Some of those conversations over food, and that's what I do in person, but then also virtually. I, during COVID, that was one of those gifts of a big adversity that we all mm-hmm. experienced. People started to text, call, email, and say, well, how are you showing up online? Because we need what you do for our family who can't get together and celebrate. You know, my team at work needs this. They need this conversation in a way to feel connected. So, nice. uh, adapted to post virtual culinary experiences where we prepare delicious food, but then also have even more nursing conversation. So if anyone's interested in that, they can head over to Kanimikitchen.com as well. And this
0: will be in the show notes for the episode. So if somebody can't write this down or doesn't remember right now <laughs> and they come to listen, when they're listening to it, you can click in yeah. the show notes and find it. I hope everybody who listens does. <laughs> well, I would love that. I would have to guess. Yes. So last question. Mm -hmm. that I ask my guests is, what does rewrite the mother code mean to you?
1: Rewriting the mother code means possibility and infinite potential. Mm -hmm. And that can feel kind of high level, but that's immense. When you experience certain things or concrete relationships with your mother or definitions, you feel as though sometimes you're just living out a story that somebody else wrote. Mm -hmm. And you're just carrying on with a character, running the script, but it, you don't ever feel fully plugged in. And I did that for a very long time. So possibility that you share with people and the tools you give people are almost like handing them a pencil and it's like, well, you know, there's pieces that you can acknowledge and then you can add to it. There's something new. There's possibility. You can transcend the story. You get to write a whole whole new one and not just in a fantastical way, but in a meaningful way with tools that help you really come home to yourself because your relationship with yourself, and this is really the journey that I'm on, is your own. There's that internal locus of control. There's autonomy. Home is here. Two people came together and a biological process worked and I was conceived. That doesn't mean that they were fully equipped to nourish each part and help me to express who Kirby was really meant to be in this world. They did what they could with what they had to get me to a place. But being able to have access to resources and tools to understand that, whoa, I actually get to be the author now is beautiful. And so rewriting the mother code means that I have possibility. There's a future. And then I also have the tools to navigate anything else that happens that comes up good, bad, or indifferent, I am the right kind of person to do that. And it restores that worth, that worthiness that was always there that maybe wasn't communicated prior and lets me know that I am the right kind of person i can trust me with me well i love that and i got goosebumps again I love- <laughs> so you i've been getting
0: them for you oh, this whole time we just man. keep trading goosebumps Tra- Goosebump trading is going on i thank you so much i feel like i just got a, a gift of through your reflection of what it means to you and expressed through your experience in your eyes that was very very meaningful to me thank you what is one mm-hmm. way that you're going to mother yourself this week?
1: I love that question. One way would be to remind myself that I am on time and still on purpose, even if all the pieces, maybe in that day, that hour don't make sense. That's how I remother myself because in an ideal world, our moms would come alongside us and let us know that it's okay. And even if it wasn't this time, then maybe next time, or provide you resources and tools, All of us didn't have moms who did that, mine included. And so that's a learned thing that I still struggle with daily. But if it's not right the first time, or if this isn't all coming together, then the perfection that you're seeking, if you're not like 99% there, then you're you're not worthy or something really bad is going to happen. So remothering myself is like, okay, Kirby, maybe you step outside and take a deep breath. That journaling that you love, that opens insights for you, but then you abandon it maybe we go back there and realize that it's not a waste of time. You're not missing out on something else. So really just slowing down, realizing that I'm on time, on purpose, and then doing the things that I know to do here and allow myself to experience it.
0: Beautiful. I'm totally on board with that mothering of yourself this week, and maybe we'll have to connect and see how it goes. I I would love that. I would love that. Thank you again so much, Kirby.
1: This has been just an inspiration and delight for me today. Thank you. This has been reciprocal. It's amazing. Thank you for having me. And thank you for how you show up in the world. I listened to some of your podcasts and your work and knowing that there's a tribe of people who are really interested in changing how we do life yeah. is powerful and nourishing. So thank you. Thank you for how you show up.
0: Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast as always please rate review and subscribe to mother wait no subscribe to mother her it helps other people who need this message aka all women well actually everybody men included i'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself remember change is uncomfortable but it's beautiful and it starts with us And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, DrGertrudeLyons.com. I'll see you next time.